That's the latest. I'm Nick Creasy. It is appealing Everything the traffic will allow Nowhere could you have that happy feeling When you are stealing that extra bow There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you opened and there you are Stay on your dressing room, they found a star. Let's go on with the show. Let's go on with the show. This is Break a Leg. My name is Ian Cheeseman here each and every week with all things theatrical and musical theatre. I've got some great guests coming up for you. Jonathan Sayer, who is the genius behind The Play That Goes Wrong and Peter Pan That Goes Wrong, actor, writer, just a, a multi-talented man. Also, Hannah Richardson, who plays Mary in Jesus Christ Superstar, very, very soon in Manchester, and Annabelle Taylor, who will be in the Amdram version of Cats at the Stockport Plaza very soon. But let's start with a piece of music from Jesus Christ Superstar, the 11th to the 23rd of September. It will be running in Manchester. Here's the title song. <laughs>
from Jesus Christ Superstar, which will be in Manchester uh, in mid-September. More on that a little bit later on. Now, a brand new musical which will be going to Broadway uh, next year, a Barry Manilow musical called Harmony, has been letting a little bit of its, uh, its musical soundtrack out this week. Indeed, this is a brand new version of the title song from the musical Harmony. Just about all we have Suddenly a little harmony And the poverty's not so bad Before all this started Can your rabbi do that? Blended wheat Oh, so splendidly blended wheat Like a spell had come It was clear That all of us could hear A different drum, 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 drum. song Harmony from Harmony the Musical written by Barry Manilow and his collaborator Bruce Sussman which will be opening on Broadway next year and it's about well it's set back 
ages ago and it's about a harmony band and their journey through life um, she'll talk a lot more about that in the coming weeks but anyway that's a bit of an exclusive because it's only just been released this week now my first guest is now Jonathan Sayer who is the co-chairman of Ashton United Football Club but we're not going to talk about football we're going to talk about theatre of course we are he is a playwright he is a producer he is an actor he is a genius and he's from Ashton Underline oh god well oh, first of all thank you that's very kind you saw it in Manchester, didn't you, when we kind of all went back into the show? That was such a good week. Um, so, so, a little potted history is that I'm from Ashton. I used to go to, like, stage clubs and, like, theatre clubs. Um, I got into it when I was about ten. Like, my like my entry into it has always been a bit different because, like, even though, like, I've, like I, I did a kind of classical acting training and all that kind of stuff, the way I got into it, I used to love, like, Mark and Wise and, like, old kind of music hall comedy. So I've always been like, I want to do that. And I suppose the closest approximate was, I'll, be, I'll become an actor. But the thing that's always, like, got, my, got me going is, 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 is comedy and a particular style of comedy as well. And probably my, <laughs> probably my teachers at drama school would say, oh, yeah, he was, he was good at that. I'm not sure about some of the other stuff. Um, but but so, so, so that's kind of, like, how I got into, like, enjoying it. And then when I was... 18, 19, I, I left college um, and I went to drama school. I went to, I did a year in a, a, a kind of foundation course in Cambridge um, and then I went to drama school when I was 19. And in, in between that, I did a lot of like um, musical theatre as a child. So I was in Oliver, I was in Les Mis, I was in Dr. Doolittle. So I had quite a weird kind of, you know, from 12 to 16 anyway because I worked professionally so I'd do two weeks at school two weeks out one week at school three weeks out that kind of thing um, and then yeah then went to drama school and met a group of like-minded souls and what we would do is on a Saturday or a Sunday when we weren't in school we'd meet up and we'd do improvised comedy um, so we'd do a show called Lights, Camera, Improvise it was called back then and it was an improvised movie and we rehearsed that for like six hours a day, just like making each other laugh, just kind of riffing with each other. Um, and then we take that to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I, the first time I went to the Fringe was, I think I was like 20 or something like that. And it was like, it was like going through the wardrobe in Narnia kind of thing. Like it was just this, like, I, and I suddenly was just like, this, this, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the thing. I, now I get where I fit. Like, I didn't know this exists. So if you've ever felt like that, particularly about the arts, go to the Edinburgh Fringe because you, you'll find your, I don't, you'll you'll find like the you'll find like the thing that that you've always been like. Well, that's where I fit, and that's who I am, and oh wow! And it's just such an amazing month as well. Um, but yeah, went to drama, went to went to Edinburgh, and then when we left drama school, it's a very long answer. This um, when we went to drama school, when we left drama school, we started writing stuff so me Henry and Henry started writing things really with the plan of trying to keep that group that went to Edinburgh like we were like wouldn't it be great if that's what we did for a living so we tried to do the improv which we still do quite a bit of um, but we also started writing so we wrote a show called at the time it was called The Murder at Havisham Manor and it was on it in Christmas um, and it was on at the Old Red Lion Theatre and it was a one hour, one hour it wasn't even an hour it was about 55 minutes I'd say and it was all about this group of students putting on an old murder mystery and the whole thing was that there was mistakes and errors and you know the set falls down at the end and it was you know we all built as a, as a company we all built the set ourselves and painted it and you know we weren't even the main show on so we'd put the show we'd put the set every night we had to take the set up 
we had to put it on the roof of the pub, carry it, cover it in tarpaulin, bring it back down. And we were j- just one of those things, you know. I think, I think right place, right time. We carried on doing that show. We changed it to the name The Play That Goes Wrong. We met our producers, Kenny and Mark, who said... Do you, Kenny is um, from Manchester as well, and they said, "Do you think you could scale this up into a two-act play, and we'll invest in it, and you know, find some money to do it re- in, a, in a big way?" And we did. And then, since then, we've like we've just been trying to keep the ball rolling. The rest is history, as they long, say. Sorry, it was a ferociously long answer, but, but a good one. And and when you talk about inspirations, and you mentioned Morecambe and Wise, in my mind, are coming Laurel and Hardy, yeah. are coming Buster Keaton, and that that physical comedy that he did because. Although, of course, you will have had to hone the script and get it just right so that there's that rhythm and that comedy that runs through it. There is an awful lot of physical comedy in it, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so there's there's little moments in all the shows where there's either a little nod to Keaton or a little nod to Chaplin. That, that's a thing that I particularly enjoy. I really like silent comedies. I've always been really interested in the fact that a lot of the bits that those guys did, they started in theatres, right, they started a music hall in vaudeville, um, like, you know, Buster Keaton was on stage from the age of, like, four or five, and his dad tied a suitcase handle to his back and used to launch him around the stage and, but they used to, but all the, all the big gags that you see in those really like, iconic silent movies they started in some way being done on stage, and I've always thought it was really fun to be part of, like, putting some of those moments back, back onto a stage and back into live theatre I think there's a really, um goes back to our improv roots but we've got an amazing teacher called Adam who um, is also the director on Peter Pan Goes Wrong and he said that an improv show I hope I'm quoting him rightly here but um, he said an improv show is like um, is like going to see a tightrope artist and if they just walked across n- no problem you wouldn't, you, you, you'd be like right fine you, know, you wouldn't get how amazing it is what you want is you want them to walk across but you want them to wobble a hell of a lot but but keep going and get to the end and that's why it's amazing and um kind of improv's a bit like that right if you if you see an improv show you don't want them to just nail it you want them to get a bit confused you want it to get a bit mucked up but you want at the end them to cross the line and we try to make scripted work that feels a bit like that that has a sense of like a big sense of laughter but also uh, like a sense of genuine danger so when there's a hit play that goes wrong good example you know when there's a hit in that show we really want you to think they've been hit by that door we really want you to think they've been whacked by that pole and you know so it feels muscular and almost like a sports event like the, the sense of you just just that that's so, it's so important to the to the rhythm of the writing and the, and the and the rhythm of the comedy that that physical work is is right and we, we, we've been doing um we've i've just got back from new york doing peter pan goes wrong and you know that's that's an, inc- <laughs> an incredibly physical show. I'm covered in in bruises at the moment because because you know because there's bits where we're hit by a big boat. There's a bit where the ship tips and we all fall fall with it. Like it ends with a big revolve sequence where everyone's running against this very very fast revolve. So yeah, th- um, the physical side of it is, is is really really important. What a fascinating answer, and also it leads me to the, the sort of I suppose there are elements in what I've seen of the show not Peter Pan goes wrong but the play that goes wrong mm. that feels a little bit like panto and here you are taking Peter Pan which is a panto mm. out to the States and turning it into another genius event of yours I went to watch Aladdin when I was on Broadway and the reason I feel that the American audience watches Aladdin is because they're not used to pantomime whereas my son 
who is a big Disney fan, doesn't want to see Aladdin because he says it's like a pantomime. So yeah, here's yeah. the juxtaposition for you. If you take what is, in England, seen as a pantomime, Peter Pan, did that work in America then? I mean, how, how do they view all that? Yeah, so we've just done six months, um, we're just under six months on Broadway, and then we head out with that show to LA in, in ten days' time. And, yeah, it does. It's, it's really interesting. So it's not... So in the UK, so a question that I think you were, you were going to ask me, so I'm going to jump the, jump the gun a little bit here, but you were going to say, have you had to change anything? And the answer is not a lot. Like, we tend to just keep stuff the same. We find that we're, we're very fortunate in that the stuff we've written tends to be quite universal, right? So play that goes wrong, I, I think at one stage was running in about 40 different countries, and I've seen it in a few different countries in a few different languages and you know the bits where people laugh the bits where people laugh and I, I found that a, a very particularly at a time when you know obviously there's a lot of emphasis on, on, on where we are divided and stuff it's quite nice to be part of something where you can bring people together and, and you know add a bit of healing through, through, through just being very silly but the one change that we did make is so out here out in the UK now here where we are obviously Peter Pan is regarded mostly as a pantomime so there's a joke in it which is that there's this begin there's two guys that walk out one is the director of the show and one says I'm the assistant and he says no you're the co-director um and one thinks it's a pantomime and the other is is adamant that this is a traditional Christmas vignette it's a very very serious piece of theatre it's all about the beauty it's more the artistry um, and the other one keeps saying oh no it isn't and there's loads of jokes where there's there's cues that only only I think the, the, the British audience member would know that's where I shout he's behind you she's behind you oh no it isn't oh yes it is all that kind of stuff so we get the character of Chris Bean who's the director to be kind of trapped in a panto even though he doesn't want to be so it's not so it isn't a panto but we, we, we're constantly playing with that idea that here are these tropes and we, we've we've taken that stuff out in America because we, we kind of did a bit of a, a rough test with our American friends saying you know what do you think if I say, oh, no, it isn't? And they were all like, just look at us blankly. And then we tried to explain what Panto was, and they were like, what? That's insane. And I was like, yeah, no, it is. A, it is that, but that's a huge part of UK theatre through December and, and kind of November, December, January, right? Which I, which I deeply love. I enjoy Panto. The fascinating and multi-talented Jonathan Sayer from Ashton on the Line in uh, Greater Manchester. We should be very proud of him. And I can tell you that uh, Peter Pan Goes Wrong will be at Manchester's Opera House from the 26th to uh, sorry, 26th, there's a 31st of March next year. Go see it if you can. I cannot, although I've not seen it, I can't recommend it highly enough, having seen the play that goes wrong. It will be brilliant of that, I have no doubt. Right, uh, more of that interview with Jonathan Sayer next week. So uh, a bit more of the fascinating Jonathan then. But next up, another song from Harmony the Musical, and this is Barry Manilow, the writer, singing it himself. And uh, this is a song... She performed in concerts. You're going to hear a little bit of that concert. It's called Every Single Day. Broadway. Love songs. There's nothing quite like them. And I have one for you. No kidding. My collaborator Bruce Sussman and I have written a musical called Harmony. And, um... Thanks. In our musical, two of our leading characters are contemplating getting married. And she's having second thoughts about it. And she says to him, you know, I take this decision very seriously. She says, if we make a mistake, we're going to regret it every single day for the rest of our lives. And he says, you know, you might be right. We might be making a mistake, but not the one you're worried about. Every single day, we'll 
remember what we do today Words we didn't say We'll remember every single day Then years go by To wonder why And wonder what we learned Was that the bridge we should have crossed The one we burned Every empty night To regret a life that could have been Maybe you were right Just forget that emptiness within So if you go Before that moment's gone Look at me the way I'll remember every single day From now on You deserve I don't know what the man I'd love to be That's not the way it turned out No, you fell in love with me Everything you doubt I will fight for every single day Help me work it out Make it right for every single day But this I And stake my life upon If you go or stay I will love you as I do today And I'll love you Every single day From now My name is Ian Cheeseman and you're listening to All Things Theatrical and Musical Theatre with Break a Leg. And before we meet my second guest in this hour, I'm going to play a song now which I think sums up what everybody who is in Amdram or wants to have aspirations to appear in theatre has to remember. It's a song called Never Give Up on a Dream. It's by Loretta Chandler, who is one of the stars of the latest series of Fame, the TV programme back in the 80s. So you probably won't have heard this before, but it's a good song, and it has a great message. Stop your run And when your heart When it burns Like the sun Don't you know 
Never Give Up on a Dream by Loretta Chandler from the TV series Fame. Coming soon to the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester, which is a brilliant place where they do loads of original work, is a musical called Lizzie the Musical. And this is a song from that show. It's called If You Knew. Cancer Breed and If You Knew from Lizzie the Musical at the brilliant Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester from the 5th to the 30th of September. Right, let's meet one of the cast now of Cats, the Amdram, which is going to be performed by the Drama Department. They are a brilliant organisation, I can tell you, at the Plaza in Stockport from the 26th to the 30th of September. Here's one of those performers. Uh, my name's Annabelle and I'm playing Exotica. In Cats, of in course, cats, yeah, which cats. is the drama department. And that, yeah. I've seen you in other things before. Yeah. You are a very versatile performer. I try to be, yeah. And, and we talk about triple threat. Do you consider yourself to be somebody who can sing, dance and act? Not really, no. <laughs> You're being I like, very I like, modest. I like, 
Yeah, I like to sing, dance, and act. The same dance is my weakest, but I do give it my best shot. But I like being part of everything and giving everything a really good go. It's nice just to be around everyone else who's really good at dancing. You clearly love musical theatre. Yeah. You clearly love performing. Um, and you are a bit of a chameleon because having seen you in different types of things, you look different, you perform differently. Yeah. Where does that come from? I don't know, I like to think it comes from my dad, really. I think about my dad's introduced me to a lot of musical theatre when I was younger, younger, and then when I've seen lots of different shows here, there and everywhere, I kind of just take inspiration from that. Obviously, there's um, a burlesque as well as musical theatre, and I just think it's just a way of performing and showing off, in a sense, and doing something completely different to your day job. Well, you do a lot, as I say, you've been in a lot of shows and only this last weekend I know you were in London yeah. in burlesque. Tell us what burlesque is and what it means to you. Um, burlesque is kind of a style of dancing which actually it can be comedy, it can be more sassy, it can be quite sexy. I suppose it depends what um, style you're into and how you want to portray yourself. For me, I like to do a bit of dancing. Costume's a huge thing for me. So the routine I did at the weekend was uh, quite costume-driven. And um, it was like a rock and roll style, and it was a mix of about four or five songs with lots of props involved. And um, yeah, I think it just kind of oozes a confidence within you, especially when you're performing on your own. And I feel like that's where my strength comes across. And I like engaging with the audience, give them the eye contact, a little bit of tease, and it, it kind of just flows naturally. I feel like it's just a natural way of who I am, I suppose. And yeah. It's I would suggest it's, it's quite a brave thing to do because yeah, you're really putting yourself out there. I mean, I saw you in The Producers when that yeah. was in uh, Rochdale yeah. and that was another role which you had to use your feminine side, shall I say. Yeah. And you see, that seems to be a, a big part of your personality. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, I'm very feminine when it comes to stuff like that. And I suppose even like with cats, I'm finding this a bit more comfortable for me dance-wise because you can kind of make your own cat movements within and you make it your own style. And you can just flow with it and feel with it in the moment. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm just that way naturally inclined to perform that way. Are you drawn to shows because of the show or is it just the desire to perform? Oh, it's a bit of both, definitely. It's a bit of everything. I think anyone, well, most people love being on stage and it's just the energy it gives you and showing something up there and people watching you and it's that kind of adoration and performance it kind of gives a different kind of energy off and it's just really satisfying as a psych yeah. not, as an amateur psychologist i wonder whether people who are on stage are there because they're missing something somewhere else you know <laughs> that, Possibly, that yeah. they want to be told that, yeah. the, that people love them is that is that part of it um i think secretly people would think yeah it, it's part of it they probably would never admit that but I think somewhere within us all, we all like a little bit of a tension or a bit of adoration from the audience, and I think that's the energy you feel and buzz off when you're up there on stage. You're going to be on a big stage for Cats. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a fantastic yeah. theatre, the Plaza. Yeah. Do you, as a performer, I don't know if you've ever been on that stage yet. I haven't but yet, no. Do, do you, I wonder if you feel that, how much... You know, I, I've not stood there with that spotlight on me, and they yeah. say that when you stood there with the spotlight on, you can't even see the audience. So how does it feel yeah. being up there? I think... It is just really rewarding and it just gives you this huge buzz of energy within you and it's, it's kind of a powerful feeling as well and you, you kind of feel proud of yourself and you're doing it with a bunch of amazing, talented people and I think it's the closest you'll kind of get to feeling famous, I suppose. <laughs> that sounds like really silly, but 
um, especially with the plaza like I've seen lots of my friends and shows there and I think I want to go on that stage one day and I'm finally getting to do it so um, yeah and I think when you're in the audience watching up you kind of you can see what they're feeling and I just think I think when I'm watching someone up on stage what I'm feeling is I know what they're feeling and it kind of reflects so how do you balance all this because you never seem to be off stage you're either rehearsing you're in a show you're doing burlesque you, you must have a life away from all this yeah I do I've um, slowed down a little bit lately two nights off a week but it's literally work go home quick hour rest straight to rehearsals and it just I think it's a really good switch off after work actually and you make so many friends and I think the social side of it keeps it really engaging and it's obviously a form of exercise but a bit more creative and so I think you're just driven to do all of it. Just do your work going, colleagues yeah. know what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. I've had some come watch me in shows. Um, they do know about my burlesque. I'm trying to keep that conversation to a minimum. Because <laughs> it's a bit... It is still professional, but it's also, you know, flaunting stuff as well. So it's not everyone's cup of tea. So, um, yeah, they, they know everything I do. And most of them come and support me, which is really good. And have you got shows already lined up for the rest of the year, next year? I mean, is, is that how busy um, it all is? At the minute, I've got things in mind. I'm obviously doing Cats this year now. And then um, I have a few burlesque shows coming up, which are yet to be put in the diary. Uh, Wedding Singers coming up next year with Whitworth. And um, I've seen that there's a few other auditions lingering about, so I'm still umming and ahhing about different shows and kind of see what happens, I suppose. Would there ever yeah. be a desire to go into this fully professionally? No, I think I think my time's done with it now. I don't believe in myself enough as a dancer. It takes a lot of practice for me, whereas some of the younger ones pick it up straight away. Actually, not just younger ones, even the older ones do, but they've probably done dancing throughout their career or their lives. Um, so it'd be amazing to do it, but I think what's nice about amateur is you get to mix it up a lot. Um, you get to do a different show every six months, um, whereas if you're in the professional world, you'd probably be on tour for two, three years at a time in some cases. Doing the probably, same yeah, part yeah, over and, and over again. Yeah, it must get again. tiring and quite, not boring, but it must be like, oh, I want to do something new now. So if, in essence, I feel like we get the good side of it all. What's you your favourite musical? I'd say, I've got a few favourites, but Chicago's one of my favourites. I thought you'd say Chicago. Yeah, yeah it's just um, the style and the songs. It's burlesque on stage, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but I do, it depends what mood I'm in. Um, I do like lots of other ones. I like quite intense musicals as well. Miss Saigon, that kind of thing as well. So what's so, a song that reflects your personality from oh a musical? Um, I'm thinking <laughs> all that jazz. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's that one as well. I was thinking all I care about is love, but it's um, Billy Flynn, isn't it? It's not even a thingy song, so... But, yeah, all that jazz is a really good one. Play that for you, yeah, then. thank you. Make Thanks a leg. Thank you. <laughs> Animal Taylor, who will be in Cats by the Drama Department at the Plaza Theatre in Stockport, 26th to the 30th of September. And just for her, from Chicago the Musical, All That Jazz. Come on, babe, why don't we paint the town? And all that jazz, I'm gonna lose my knees and roll my stockings down. And all that jazz, start the car. I know a whoopee spot where the gin is cold, but the piano's hot. It's just a noisy hall where there's a nightly brawl and all that jazz.
that Father Dip is gonna blow the blues. And all that jazz, hold on, hung, we're gonna bunny hug. I bought some aspirin down at United Drug in case we shake up and want a brand new star to do that. Where there's a nightly brawl and all that jazz. Find a flask, we're playing fast and loose. And all that jazz right up here is where I store the juice. And all that jazz. listening to Break a Leg. My name's Ian Cheeseman. If you were listening to the show last week, you'll have heard the first part of my interview with Hannah Richardson, who's playing the part of Mary in Jesus Christ Superstar in Manchester, 11th to the 23rd of September. You'll also know, or maybe you won't know, so I'll tell you anyway, that she recently appeared in America in a show called The Last Ship, written by and starring Sting. Sailor, and I'd like me stand there passing time a day. 
Well, don't you hesitate to think Someone's tired with your drink And he's shaking on your hand Pugging the tin it takes to blink And all the booze you've ever bought of He's just thrown him in the sink Just call the funny farm to carry me away When we dance Stages would run Ship starring Sting and also featuring Anna Richardson, who will soon be in uh, as Mary and Jesus Christ Superstar at the Opera House from the 11th to the 23rd of September. So, what was it like performing with Sting? Yeah, that was an incredible experience. Um, Sting's a great guy, very very cool. Um, and again, that was that was a musical and a space on stage that I I had the room to just do what I wanted to do. And this, that's not really very common within musical theatre it's very um very choreographed and I feel like yeah that Sting's Sting show was was awesome um because we were all musicians on stage together just loving what we were doing essentially um and obviously that was that was in in America so it's definitely interesting performing like a Geordie show to do Americans really <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that must be for you, you know, I, I don't, Sting and Police might not have been anything that inspired you early on, but when you meet an icon like that and you're you're able to collaborate with him, that must be fantastic as, as a career development path for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've always listened, I mean, I knew Sting's, a lot of Sting songs before going in to, to the show. Um, and, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a step um but then obviously covid um got in the way unfortunately um but it's such a such a great experience and I'm definitely thankful to to him and, and to the team um for yeah letting me do my thing with Sting. <laughs> <laughs> As yeah. your career progresses, you've had some great experiences. I noticed you've been uh, you've been on James Corden's show in America and, yeah. and things like. What, what's that like? How does that compare to chatting to me, chatting to James Corden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, that was with that was with the show, uh, the last ship we went on to do that. Um, it was all it was just yeah, it was a. I mean, it was a whirlwind to be honest with you. It was one of, just a pinch me moment the whole entire time because so we had a lot of a lot of press, a lot of people around um a lot of cameras you know i mean we're just going around with sting as you do um uh yeah the the james corden show and, and jimmy kimmel was definitely a great experience and for sure something good for for the cv um but yeah i think that uh sting sting loved it sting loved the idea of you know 
a little cast of people around him who were just completely in awe of him. And he, he enjoyed, I think, giving us those opportunities um, because he could almost see it, see himself in us, you know, as, as his young self, as his young, hardworking sort of musician self wanting to get out of Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, it's a great experience. I've been a sports journalist for my professional life and uh, sometimes when I'm watching a sporting event, you know, I, th- I think at the moment that that player, whoever it is, is in the zone doing what they're doing. But when this finishes, they're going to have to do a lot of press. And and, it's, and I wonder, I just wonder from your, as your career soars, if this becomes bigger and bigger and bigger for you, does doing what you're doing now, which is, talking about what you do rather than doing what you do become a bit of a chore and and uh, something that you dread or do you embrace it all yeah um i definitely think at the stage i'm at now um embracing it all for sure because just talking um to people and uh, and talking about my process and and also um yeah i guess meeting new people um, as well. And I, I do enjoy talking about um, my craft and, um, you know, telling people about it. I think it is, I, I, I don't think that I would get to a point of, well, I don't want to say that, but I don't think I would get to a point of, you know, getting sick of it, I think, depending on, I can't speak on behalf of people that are sick of it, but yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm enjoying, definitely enjoying the process of it and, you know, talking to people like yourself, it's, it's, it's fun, yeah. Good, you said the right thing then. <laughs> Tell me about your your passion for, for theatre and musicals then. Um, you know, what have you watched shows in the past and dreamt of fulfilling certain roles? Yeah, I, I did a lot of amateur productions um, when before training, before coming down to London. Um, and it was... Stuff like Les Mis, Evita, um, Cats. And from such a young age, from like 14, I'd say, it was musical theatre was where I was where I wanted, the path I wanted to go down and I, what I saw myself doing. Um, and for sure, big shows like Les like, like Mis, um, the Cabaret, um, Moulin Rouge, all sorts of these great great musicals that have such great um female roles and very sort of like grounded and strong strong roles for women um but i think that since covid um i it was i explored more like me as as an artist and as a solo singer so i did a lot of gigging and, and stuff like that and um performing in in, in pubs and um all sorts so I think that I've realised that I've developed more of my own style, that sometimes it's quite difficult to fit into a musical. Um, so I don't know where, you know, where my where my path will lead, but um, I think musicals are always fun. Um, but I think I would love to just have the, have the room and um, the freedom to be able to sing from the heart. 
Until the world is your oyster, I was speaking to Christina Bianco. I don't know if you've ever come across her. She's got a, she's a brilliant voice impressionist. Look her up on YouTube. She's absolutely fantastic. And she was in Little Voice and she, she was able to almost do her act in Little Voice. And now she's in The Wizard of Oz in the West End. And she probably would have said in the way you're saying, I don't know how I fit into this, but with the talent that you've got, with the talent that she's got, you can fit into anything, can't you? So. So don't don't close any doors. Um, my final question to you is: is have you got a favourite musical? And I will play a song for you from your favourite musical on my show. Oh, really? Okay. Well, just because this song and this musical means so much to me from when I was about fifteen, it's got to be on my own from Les Mis. I'll play that for you. Um, thanks very much, Hannah. And when you come to Manchester and you're in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, break a leg. Thank you so much, Ian. Lovely to meet you. And that's at Manchester's Opera House from the 11th to the 23rd of September. Hannah Richardson as Mary. And here's her favourite song from the brilliant Les Miserables. This is On My Own. Does it get any better than this in musical theatre? You might say so. You might be right. But I don't think there's many better than this. He's beside me All alone I walk with him till morning Without him I feel his arms around me And when I lose my way I close my eyes And he has found me In the rain The pavement shines like silver All the lights are misty in the river In the darkness The trees are full of starlight And all I see is him and me forever and forever And I know it's only in my mind that I'm talking to myself and not to him. And although I know that he is blind, still I say there's a way for us. I love him, but when the night is over, he's gone, the river's just a river. Without him, the world around me changes, the trees are barren everywhere, the streets are full of strangers. Ribble FM 
Streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local, across the Ribble Valley, Ribble FM News. 
From the Sky News Centre at 10, the body of a young girl has been recovered from the sea in County Cork. A search operation for the child was launched at Fountainstown Beach near Crosshaven this afternoon. Irish police say they made the discovery around 7.45 this evening. Nitrous oxide is to be banned by the end of the year. Users will face up to two years in prison, rising to as much as 14 years for suppliers. Use canisters blight parks and other public places, and heavy use can lead to nerve damage and paralysis. But Dr David Nicholl, a consultant neurologist, says making laughing gas a Class C substance is wrong. This will actually stigmatise an already stigmatised group even further. And really the question to ask is, would users facing potentially two years in prison, are they more or less likely to seek medical help? And I suspect the answer is less. One person's dies and a second is in a critical condition after a 52-seated coach and a car collided in West Wales. A total of 10 people were taken to hospital and a major incident has been declared at Pembroke Dock. More than 1,300 further jobs are going at Wilco. 52 stores are being shut, along with two warehouses in Nottinghamshire. The stricken discount homeware chain has 400 branches in total. B&M has agreed to buy 51. Andy Prendergast is National Secretary of the GMB Union. We're still hopeful there is a deal to save the majority. We are in some talks in, in relation to that. Obviously, that's covered by commercial confidence. But we have to remember at the moment we've got thousands of members facing a very uncertain future. In sport, England's cricketers suffered a convincing six-wicket defeat to New Zealand in their final T20 international. The loss at Trent Bridge meant the series ended in a two-all draw. Novak Djokovic is through to the semi-finals of the US Open. The 23-time Grand Slam champion beat Taylor Fritz. That's the latest. I'm Daisy Steele. Thanks for staying with us. This is the second hour of Break a Leg, all things theatrical and musical theatre. My name is Ian Cheeseman, and we're going to concentrate in this particular hour on three shows that were TV shows that had music in them. So I'd call them musical TV shows. Uh, The first one is Fame from the 1980s. Turn me on. 
That was the big hit single, High Fidelity, from Kids From Fame, of course, with the actors who played in the TV series. Doris Schwartz, the lead singer there, uh, Valerie Landsberg in real life, was the lead singer, the one I really identified with. And if you were listening a few months ago, you might have heard my interview with Valerie Landsberg. Maybe I'll run it again some stage in the future. This is another song that I think uh, deserved to be a hit single. I'm not sure it was a single, but it certainly was a very well-known song from the show. It's called I Still Believe In Me.
had some great star guests that was Jimmy Osmond leading songs from the kids from fame before that I still believe in me next up two you'll definitely be familiar with uh, Friday Night which is sung by Danny the character Danny uh, which was another hit single but first of all another big hit single too Star Maker the story behind this one that was Mr Crandall who's the character the actor who played him was terminally ill and all the actors knew that so when they sang this song to him they stood around him in a circle and he was in the middle. He was crying, but that, those were real tears. And I know that the cast uh, really felt this one and this was a song that meant a lot to them and to him. It's called Star Maker. Friends I thought I 
things I want. I can take the things I see, but I keep asking myself why. And if there ain't just a little bit more for me, here when there's time to count the cost, I keep measuring what I lost and wondering if you knew it would all wind up. Without you, there ain't no romance left Without you, there 
Romance is gone. It's a one-man show. It's moving real slow, but it's picking up speed as I'm turning the key. I'm coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. Hey, the Friday night's gonna be alright. It's gonna be right. It's gonna be alright now, baby. Friday night's gonna be alright. It's gonna be right. It's gonna be alright now, baby. Carlo Imperato, who played the part of Danny, and that was another hit single that was Friday Night from the Kids from Fame. And just to finish this little section before we move on to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, would you believe? Uh, this is a song by the Friends from Fame, which are the Kids from Fame now. This was only recorded a couple of years ago when they all got back together again, led by Paul Montgomery, who was PR Paul in the very first series of Fame. This is the modern song they've recorded called Satellite.
difference would we realize what would we discover hidden in your cry satellite section of Break a Leg with me, Ian Cheeseman. I play music from different shows and we've had music from the TV series Fame and later on, to finish the hour, we'll have from the musical TV series Glee. So you see what we're doing here. It's music from TV series. So that's on the way. But first up, there was a special episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was all sung. So before we hear one of the songs from it, let's hear the theme tune from Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
from here from Once More with Feeling, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the musical episode, which is the theme, I suppose, of this hour, music in TV shows. We've got a few more to come. One of the characters was called Giles, and he was played by Anthony Head, whose brother... Murray was in Chess, which is one of my favourite musicals of all time. The series ran from 1997 to 2003. Um, and Sarah Michelle Geller was the star. She was Michelle. She was uh, Buffy Summers, I should say. And also one of the standout characters was James Masters, who played Spike, who was a vampire. But this is Standing Giles, followed by Rest in Peace by Spike. You're not ready for the world outside You keep pretending But you just can't hide I know I said that I'd be Standing by your side But I Your path's unbeaten And it's all I'll And you can't meet it but you never will And I'm the reason That you're standing still But I I wish I could say The right words To lead you through this land Wish I could play The father And take you by the hand Wish I could stay but now I understand I'm standing in the way The cries around you, you don't hear at all Cause you know I'm here to take that call So you just lie there when you should be standing tall But I I wish I could lay your arms down and let you rest at last. Wish I could slay your demons, but now that time has passed. Wish I could stay. Your style was standing fast, but I'm standing in the way. I'm just died so many years ago you can make me feel like it isn't so and why you come to be with me I think I finally know mm. you're scared ashamed of what you feel and you can't tell the ones you love no, they couldn't deal Whisper in the dead man's ear That doesn't make it real That's great But I don't want to play Cause being with you touches me More than I can say and Since I'm only dead to you I'm saying stay away And let me Rest in peace Let me rest in peace Let me get some sleep Let me take my love and bury it In a hole six foot deep I 
sung by the character Spike, played by, by James Masters in Once More With Feeling, the Buffy, the Vampire Slayer musical episode. Two more songs to come now. Something to sing about, which finished it all off, and going through the motions. Estrangement, nothing here is real, nothing here is right. I've been making shows of trading blows, just hoping no one knows that I've been going through the motions, walking through the part. Nothing seems to penetrate my heart. I was always brave and kind of righteous, now I find I'm wavering. Crawl out of your grave, you find this fight just doesn't mean a thing. She ain't got that swing. Thanks for noticing. She's pretty well with fiends from hell, but lately we can tell that she's just going through the motions, faking it somehow. She's not even half the girl she oh. Will I stay this way forever? Sleepwalk through my life's endeavor. 
How can I repay Whatever I don't want to be Going through the motions Losing all my drive I can't even see If this is really me And I just want to be a show and we all play our parts and when the music starts we open up our hearts it's all right if something's come up wrong we'll sing
Life's not a song. Life isn't bliss. Life is just this. It's living. You'll get along. The pain that you feel, you only can heal by living. You have to go on living. So one of us is living. Here, four round here, 106.7 Ribble FM. Having featured music from the 80s TV show Fame and then the musical version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is an episode called Once More with Feeling, how could we ignore Glee? Glee the TV series. Here's the theme tune. <laughs> It's described as an American musical comedy drama television series that ran from 2009 to 2015. It, of course, didn't feature much original music. It had lots of cover versions, though, sung by the cast. So let's start our montage of songs from this with It's My Life, made famous, of course, by Bon Jovi, and most recently appearing in Anne Juliet the Musical. The broken hearted No silent prayer For the faith departed And I ain't gonna be Just a face in the crowd You're gonna hear my voice When I shout it out loud It's my She got one on the
John Lennon, that is Imagine from Glee, the TV series. Before that, it's my life. In a moment, you'll hear it's all coming back to me now, which was, of course, made famous by Celine Dion. But first, Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal, as only Glee could do it. Stains on the carpet, and then you ran into the bedroom. You were struck down, it was your doom. 
Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? So Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. Celine Dion, which is brilliant anyway, but Bat Out of Hell, the musical featured that, uh, which I thought was tremendous as well, one of my favourite musicals of all time. I'm Ian Cheeseman, this has been Break a Leg, same time next week, I'll be back to do it all over again. Three great guests, great, great music, thanks very much for your support. Two more songs now from Glee, the TV series, we'll finish with Don't Stop Believing, because that's sort of their signature song, isn't it? First Queen's, or their version of Queen's, Somebody to Love. You're in a show, you're going to a show this week, break a leg.
voice of the valley. This is Ribble FM. With one look I play every part I can make your sad heart sing With one look you'll know all you need to know With one smile I'm the girl next door Or the love that you've hungered for When I speak it's with my soul I can play any role No words can tell The stories my eyes tell Watch me when I frown You can't write that down You know I'm right It's there in black and white When I look your way You'll hear what I say Yes, with one look I put words to shame Just one look Sets the screen aflame Music starts to play One tear from my eye Makes the whole world cry With one look They'll forgive the past They'll rejoice I've returned at last To my people in the dark Still out there in the dark FM streaming from our website and on smart speakers live and local across the Ribble Valley Ribble FM News from the Sky News Centre